Welcome, everybody, to an episode of the Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here with my co-host, Mutahir, and we are going over a brand new series, not even, actually not really even a series, just a standalone book with further standalone short story novels, I guess. Um, I don't know, but we're starting Elantris, which is the first book in the Cosmere. Uh, and for those of you jumping on now, I'm very excited because for the past year and a half, I've been reading Wheel of Time. And then before that, I read Mistborn for the first time. Then when we started the podcast, I was reading Mistborn for the second time. So for the past like year and a half, I've been reading nothing but the one one series, like just one series, right? Wheel of Time and then rereading Mistborn. So this is the first new series I'm being um I'm going to be reading. So first new world, I should say, that I'm exploring. So very excited. Um, so let's just jump right into it. So in the prologue, I actually thought it was, was like a really cool prologue. Uh, basically, it was talking about how Elantris is like a city. And it was, it was like a city of the divine. And people would uh, just like kind of at a random be transformed into higher people like ascended people basically and uh they would i think it was like they would like no longer age and yeah they were just like basically just got and um it stopped 10 years ago so that was yeah. a pretty short prologue. um the prologue doesn't it gives you a nice little taste but and but to be honest they kind of repeat it over and over again for the next minimum seven chapters but yeah. it's a good uh it's a good jump in right and like it serves this purpose as a prologue i like it um and then chapter one we see what's his name Raiden. uh he's a prince who's the son of a king who is not he isn't like it's not like a blessing anymore that the what's it called the shad shayod shayod um that like made people into these divine beings but it instead turned into a curse so now he's like he looks really like basically old and decrepit almost and he's he's got like white hair and he just isn't looking so good um just wanted and, to throw in that it is the Prince Raiden of Aralon. That's just the name of the kingdom, Aralon. But yes, yeah. carry on. And they can see the city of Elantris, which is like this gigantic, like, basically Luthadel. Uh, <laughs> and he's he's uh, damned into Elantris. And I don't know, it was like his dad just didn't want people to know that he, he, was, he was cursed. cursed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I get it. Politically speaking, right, it's like one of those things that could be embarrassing, and it seems like he's a new king too, right? Like he took power of what ten, like yeah, when Elantris fell, so he doesn't exactly have the most powerful claim to the throne as it is. Mm -hmm. um, so I mean, whatever. Um, but yeah, I thought it was kind of sad that his father. It says something like his father wouldn't even look him in the eyes. Like, eh, come on, guy. Like, I get that you you're not gonna be announcing it to the world, but you know, that's your son. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and 
he goes into Elantris and it is like it's like filthy. Yeah. It's, it's like um, Lucidel. There's a lot of ways <laughs> that they describe it, especially later in the later chapters, but yeah, it like, it's just grimy and it's just like that's it. It's just um, grimy and dirty. I was gonna talk about this later, but might as well talk about it now since we're talking about the city itself. I, I was wondering this too, right? They describe it as a crumbling city and whatnot. But you know, it's like made of like really it, it was made of really nice stone, you know, pure white and marble and all that crap. But how how is that all falling apart in 10 years? Like I understand, you know, things start to fall apart, but not to that level in 10 years. And so I was wondering that, you know, in chapter one. And then in the later chapters, they bring that up. So if it's like a cursed city, like it, it's really, it's not just cursed on the people level. It's cursed at the infrastructure level. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's very thorough, I guess I would say, the corruption. Um, and so basically, like, this is probably one of the, one of the more disturbing scenes uh, that I've ever read, where he sees like this kid who's like younger than me. And he he's, looks like an old man. Yeah. Yeah, and he, uh, Raiden gives him a piece of bread, uh, like the whole loaf of bread, and then he just like gets attacked by a bunch of people and then killed. Well, I guess everybody's already dead. That's what's weird. It's like, oh, his neck is just like crushed. Yep. And I was like, what? Excuse me. He can't die, right? So because he's already dead, so he's just sitting there, yeah, for the rest of eternity, just like that. Like that. And he was like, he was like, uh, wasn't expecting anybody to actually give him anything. So whenever he got the food, he was like, so surprised. See, it's funny you said that because I actually wrote that quote down too because that that hit me too. I have the quote here. It says, the look of disbelief that ran across the boy's face was somehow more disturbing than the despair it had replaced. It's like, oh my. Yeah. Oh my. That's um, dark. And, uh, and he meets a guy named Galadin, uh, who's a guy from Duladel that sounds a lot like Luthadel. But we're going to slide past that one. Uh, and and Galden, um he tells Raiden that everyone is already dead and no one really knows what happens after after like I don't want to say death but like after they die in these forms too and are they get yeah as far as like taking like their bodies um... get destroyed yeah, after taking up a more lethal kind of damage, yeah. it's no one really knows. And like, um, whenever you you get hurt, like your pain just stays there. It doesn't get your wound never gets healed or anything like that. Okay, so there's an interesting question that I got from that, right? And I'm sure it's all going to be answered because that's just Anderson style. Um, but. <sighs> When he describes, right, the body doesn't repair itself. So are we talking that includes running and, like, fatigue? Right? Because if I stub my toe, 
it starts bruising and doing all that stuff because it's repairing itself, right? Here, mm-hmm. cuts don't really heal themselves. Bruises don't heal themselves, like, like fully heal themselves and whatnot. So, you know, you just live with that pain forever. But if you're running fast, you know, the lactic acid that gets into your muscles and whatnot, like, that's what tires you out and that's what makes you stop. So I guess technically their body in a way they could run forever, but their muscles essentially, I don't know how that works, right? Like do their muscles just not fatigue, but his lungs start hurting. I, I don't know. That I'm, I think I'm not a biologist kind of guy, so I can't, you know, uh, separate out the two. Yeah, I think that'll be answered because, like, it's like like the opposite of Peter, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but like, and then Galden, uh, after he's like done his explanation, um, Raiden gives him like a piece of bread and a piece of meat, and he's like, "Hey, if you guide me for thirty days." Then you get this piece of meat. And then he said, okay. It was more to it, obviously, but. Yeah, yeah. That's that's about the gist of it. And then chapter two, there's no epigraph, dude. This is so weird. I know. <laughs> I, I I miss it. <laughs> and then chapter two, uh, Raiden's fiance, uh, what's her name? Princess Sar- Serene. Yeah, that's how I pronounce it too. Princess Serene, she finds out that she's like a widow now because Raiden is considered dead. Uh, they say that he had like an unexpected disease. Uh, and I'll say. <laughs> and she's talking to like a ball of light named Ash uh, and Ketal, a servant, the one that had. Uh, there's Ketal, the servant that like told her about like the unexpected disease, quote unquote. Uh, and she's now considered a princess because like the whole engagement thingy and the contract and things like that. And they go over to the um, funeral tent, to the princess funeral tent, but she's not allowed to look at the casket because the excuses that like the disease was like a one that like changed his appearance. So mm-hmm. yeah, can't even look. Uh, Which and, I mean, like at least tell her what happened. But you know, yeah, he didn't. Wouldn't even look him in the face. So I guess that's a little far fetched. Um, and she's kind of iffy because Iodon is not there, which is like kind of sketchy. Uh, and then she's taken to the king, Iodon. Uh, but he's like kind of rude and like kind of just waves her off. And yeah. then uh, that made she, me mad. I was like, dude, yeah. come on, no decency. And um, then she, I wonder though, right? Like, if that's if he's just like, I'm getting a really strong vibe of like someone who's been stabbed by uh, a ruined spike. He just seems so. Kind of, and it's weird because I don't even know what he acts like, right? Like I'm new to the to the book, so I don't I don't know what he truly acts like. So 
but it still feels like this, something doesn't seem right with him. Yeah, I feel you. I'm the same way. <laughs> um, and then she goes over to the to the Queen Eshin, who's like kind of like weird and forgetful and stuff. Yeah, that that too, right? It's like the way she's acting just makes my suspicion of Iodon even higher, you know? Like uh yeah. so yeah, something something's up there for sure. And then she holds a conference with her dad, King Eventio Eventio Eventua <laughs> to tell him about her about the prince's death. And he offers, he's like, hey, we can stop the contract if you want to. But she's like tempted, but she eventually says no, because she thinks it's better. It's the best for the, the Tiad. Tiad. And yeah, um, it's definitely one of those like political things. And I'm actually liking her, Serene. You know, she seems very mature. And, you know, not like, oh, no, I lost my husband. And not like so overly political manipulation level. You know, yeah. she wanted she wanted to like Rayodin as well and um, make the best of her situation. And But she's doing everything she's doing for the sake of her kingdom. So I can respect that. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to quickly step in and start talking about the politics here. Might as well start here. Um, so it looks like Teod is a kingdom that could be invaded by Fjordan sometime in the near future, which is where we'll see here soon is where like their religious zealots looks like. And he said, she says, okay. Oh, uh, what? As a side note, the names in this so far are a little ridiculous. Okay. Sandy. They are. They're not where are you easy. from Brandon? You're from like New York. Where are you getting these names from? No, not even New York. He's from freaking what's it called? Utah, isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, he is. So, anyways, yes, yeah, Swordish Navy, and it's under Wern Wern Wern's command. God, um, Doolittle's fine, but yeah. So, just wanted to throw that in there that Nevada you know, look up for Fjordan, Nevada. Okay, that um, yeah, Fjordan is going to be in uh, a big player. It seems pretty obvious. Yep. We've got you. He, he's got to mm-hmm. find better names for these. Yeah, he. These names are. Oh boy, they're, they're, they're heavy. <laughs> oh, I also wanted to throw in just a quick one. Domi looks like is their god. Um. Yeah, they say. You know, Domi wills, or they they use Domi in the place of what we would normally use of God. So. Yeah, um, but it seems like they have several religions here, so time to start exploring. I love the world building already so far. Like, you know, I was three, four chapters in. And I'm like, okay, I'm loving this, dude. Watch this be like pre-ascension Mistborn with mm. all these religions and like Elantris. Being oh my up. god! Okay, okay, I'm in. It's not though. <laughs> no, it's not. But I'm in. <laughs> Uh, that'd be so cool. We need a book, like a short story of that. We do. It's called the Epigraphs. Zing. <laughs> yeah, the one sentence long chapters. Yep. 
better than some people's actual chapters. True. Um, and we go to chapter three. Harathan, who's a citizen of Fjordel, <laughs> comes He's a Dorethi to... priest, by the way. Just wanted to throw in um, Dorethi again, I guess, is the religion. It's it's weird. Dorethi is a religion, but then they say something later like Shu Dereth or Shu Kaseg or something. It's I think Shu Dereth is the actual religion. And then Dorethi are the people? That sounds... Yeah, it's like Christianity, Christians, Islam, Muslims. Okay, so Shu, I think, is like is marking like the noun, or no, like the yeah, like the noun, like the religion itself. But they're sects of each other, to my understanding. Like they're under the same umbrella religion, but yeah, different sects. Oh, yeah, then I'm out of ideas. Yeah, <laughs> he comes to Erlon to convert them to Shu Dereth to convert the Aurelians. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Aurelian. Yeah, I guess Aurelian is. Yeah, that's what they said. Uh, And they the people in Aurelian are known to be pretty non-religious. I forgot what exact word. It was like ungodly. No, it's not ungodly. It was something else. But he has three months to convert these guys, or the god Jadeth will destroy him, which is like, wow, thank you for yeah, all that time to make a life-changing life decision. Yeah, like, <laughs> do it now. Uh, and he meets with Fionn, and uh, Hrathen isn't really happy with Fionn because of the lack of order in the chapel. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this was okay. So, if you want, if he, Sanderson wanted to use this chapter to establish what a what a walking, just like brick wall that Rathen is, he achieved it. Like I was like, okay, I hate this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like venture, Straff, yeah, 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 it's similar. Yeah. Um, and Rathen is relieving is like kind of yeah i guess relieving is the right word uh fion of the head of the head art artist in erlon oh my god <laughs> is that right uh, yeah i mean he's a head artist the so head i guess artist. i called they call him the urine huh yeah they call them the urine the head artist i guess our hive art I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> he is high level Arteth, which are priests, I guess. Arteth's a priest. And he's a Giren, so he's like a high priest or a bishop. I, I don't know. I don't know is how there like a Before you read Elantris, like uh, a <laughs> glossary in the back, probably. <laughs> but I mean, it'll be fine. It's one of those things you're starting a new book. So it's just, you're going to get a lot of dumps and you just have to accept that you don't know stuff and then it'll start making sense to you i don't remember mistborn having this many they didn't but that's for sure um so yeah harathan's relieving fion and fion's gonna go back to go back home for like re re religionizing himself i just called a re-education camp yeah, because apparently the air, the uh, land of Erlan has like corrupted him because of how long he's been there. 
Um, well, it's, um, no, I just wanted to jump in and say real quick, I'm not sure it's going to be a big deal as far as the plot goes, but I thought it was really cool writing how um, it looks like Harathan had two letters planned. One where, you know, it's going to, because remember he gave Fionn the, a, a letter to give to the monastery when he gets there. Mm-hmm. And depending, and I think depending on how Fionn reacted to Harathan, he would either send a letter which was saying like, you know, uh, you know, he needs to be looked after and blah, 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 and, you know, re-educate him. But the other one was that he was going to brand him as a traitor and an apostate and to have him basically like tortured and killed. So he lucked out because remember, he had two letters in his bag and he gave the more kinder one to Fion to give to the uh, monastery. Um, then isn't a letter from the Wern weird? Yeah, there's another letter that, yeah, later that he starts reading yeah. from, yeah, his king slash prophet. Yeah, uh, and he's reading that, and then, uh, so many names at the D laugh, uh, die laugh. What do we D-Laf say? Laugh is how I, I said it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, D laugh, um, who is. Erlin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's converted to Dorethy. This is actually kind of tiring. <laughs> this is pretty exhausting. Um, and Karathan promotes, uh, promotes him to... No. Harathan gets yeah. promoted. No, Harathan does promote... He promotes Dilaf to Arteth. Yeah. And he's going to send them on a trailing mission to Fion for Fion yeah. to make sure he like gets Which is there. weird because has Fion just not left yet? Because he does stay with him later. So is it like Fion just hasn't left yet so he's not tailing him? Because I was like, oh, okay, so we're not going to see either Dilaf or Fion for a bit. And then he's there the next time you see Harathan. So... Maybe he was getting his things. Yeah, I mean, I guess Fionn just hasn't, like, you know, prepped all his luggage to leave. <laughs> but, yeah, that kind of surprised me. Late to the flight or something. Yeah. Um, and Harathan has a letter from from the uh, emperor basically saying that, like, if you don't convert, the people who don't get converted will die. And he was yep. like, and Harathan was... Basically, wishing for a more peaceful end to the people who aren't converted, rather than just killing them outright. Yeah, um, such a nice religion, so yeah. understanding. So, I mean, that's obviously, or I don't know, I don't want to say obviously, but it feels like it's going to be the main, I guess, antagonist for the book is this uh, Fjordel, or is it no Fjordin? Here then, I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Wern, who's a king. Uh-huh. So, yes. Oh, I wanted to take a moment here, pause after the end of chapter three, to announce that we have our first affiliate link, I guess. More of a referral link than an affiliate link. For those of you who've been following the show from the very beginning, you'll know that both of us are massive fans of graphic audio. Um. 
It's for those of you who don't know what graphic audio is. Graphic audio is a type of audiobook where they don't read the books word for word necessarily. And each uh, character had, or most, just about every character has a different voice actor. Um, and not all sound effects are actually read out. Again, not everything is read word for word. So, you know, thunder strike, rain pouring, someone, you know, war clashing, swords clashing in the background, stuff like that, they will kind of edit out. Like, it sounds like, oh, you're changing the book. They're really not. It, it does really feel like a movie in your mind. In my opinion, it keeps, it retains my attention a lot more than a regular audiobook does. And I, for the most part, any fiction audiobook, I can't do really for longer than maybe five or 10 minutes. I, I lose focus and lose my attention, and then it just kind of wastes my time. Um, with graphic audio, however, I maintain like, you know, uh, full attention and uh you know i never lose my place i highly highly recommend trying on graphic audio and now you can while supporting the show so please go ahead and check out graphicaudio.net forward slash keeper 50 so that's g-r-a-p-h-i-c-a-u-d-i-o.net slash keeper 50 k-e-e-p-e-r five zero and let's get back into the show so Chapter four. Raiden and Galadin, of course, are in the city of Elantris, and they just watch a new woman who got, you know, tossed into Elantris, and she gets all of her food stolen. And okay, so Raiden here is like dumb because he kind of says, like, just get over the hunger, just resist it. It's like, that's a massive thanks, I'm cured. Um, just get over the hunger, man, you know. I get it, you're hungry, but just just get over it. Just get uh, just get food, lol. Yeah, <laughs> stop being poor. Uh, just buy a house. <laughs> what do you mean you're homeless? Just go buy a house. Uh, so he and then he you know he also starts thinking about his friends. And he won't see again. He also actually starts thinking of Serene, which I guess he kind of was looking forward to meeting her as well. Little does he know, she's like. Closer to him than she's ever been before. So there is a theory that the uh, Dorothy religion's god, which I guess that would be Jadeth, he caused the Rayod. Jadeth. Yeah, yeah, Jadeth. Um, <laughs> that he's the one that caused the Rayod, which is the corruption and like the downfall of Elantris. And the theory is that. He did that because he got jealous or just angry that they were worshiping Elantrians themselves as gods. Um, so that that was kind of I don't know. I don't know if Sanderson is trying to mislead us, right? Because this is just a theory amongst the people, and we all know, like you know, the people aren't exactly reliable sources of information. Um. You can start piecing things together with different accounts, but it's not, you know, even then that becomes kind of risky because certain rumors take hold and then it just becomes a part of the quote unquote truth. Uh, there was one quote here in chapter four that I, well, I don't want to say quote, but this line that I thought was really well written and it, I thought it was kind of heavy. It says, it was as if Elantris was intent on dying, a city committing suicide. And this is, of course, referencing to what we talked about earlier, that the 
city itself, not just the people, but the actual structures themselves were like not dying, but like speeding up the process undying. Like not the natural withering away, not the natural erosion, like legitimately like the city itself was trying to jump off a cliff. So I thought that was kind of heavy. But anyways, there's three His gangs book that rule is way too dark. Can he not have a light book? Why do they all have to be dark? I feel like in a way, Mistborn series wasn't necessarily dark, grim dark ish, if that makes sense. It's not grim dark. But it's dark for sure. Yes. I mean, especially book one. I mean book one is like the city of Elantris. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the way that they describe people just getting beaten into a pulp. Yeah, it was kind of graphic audio. Um, (laughs) So there are three gangs that are ruling Elantris, but it's interesting because, you know, these people can't heal from their injuries. The gangbangers don't exactly risk a lot, right? If they see that someone's going to fight back, then they kind of just run away. Because if you, even if you get like a group of five, six guys, just jump one individual. If that guy like starts swinging his fist and like decks like three or four of them, that's eternal, you know, pain. So, yeah. And I, and I can't imagine that, you know, satisfying hunger for maybe 10 minutes is really worth that. So they made a calculated decision that these gangbangers are not going to gangbang as um, ferociously. I don't even know the right word for that would be. So Karata is a gang leader, and I think that's a woman. And I think they said that she tried to escape, and she's been caught three times. But here's the interesting thing about her, and I feel like this is going to be this part's going to be definitely relevant in the future. That. She got caught next to the king's palace every time. Why? Why would you escape to just sit next to the king's palace? Like that, that's like, I don't know. That's like Osama bin Laden hiding next to the White House. Why? <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't find any other place? You didn't even have to be in airline anymore. Why weren't you trying to distance yourself as much as you could? Why are you... Right next to the King's Palace, I think that there's something significant here. I, I think she was part of his court or something. Uh, there has to be something there, in my opinion. Uh, another uh, leader is Anden, and I think he's the one who took control of the library, and they ate the books. And I mean that literally. Uh, I'm not saying that they, oh, they absorbed the knowledge, so they kind of ate. No, he, they literally ate the books. Um and it seems like he's trying to claim that he's a king of Atlantis and he has his whole propaganda machine running at all times. And he claims that he's going to plan to attack K, which is the name of the actual city, which sits right next to Elantris. Um I need to pull up a map of it. Yeah, I've seen it. It's it doesn't it doesn't show much for what it's worth. Uh, oh, OK. Yeah. It's like right next to the water, I think. There's a city of Elantris, and literally right next to it is the city of K, which we know from the text. That's what they kept saying. You know, they were like, they had watched the walls or look at the walls of Elantris. But yeah, um, one thing, and, okay, so 
if this episode is sounding very info dumpy where we're like talking about it and then we quickly take a second to step aside and just define certain names and pirate religions, just note it's info dumpy because it is info dumpy. Yeah. Um, and it needs to be, yeah. Uh, like the, these first seven chapters, eight chapters were very info dumpy. Um, so, uh, yeah. So Sion or Sion, I'm, I'm going to say, I don't know, you know, Sion are the terms of those little ball servant things like Serene has Ash and, uh, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, I think they said something like the Sions, um, of the people who became Elantrians, they kind of, I guess they were connected to the people. So whenever they became Elantrians, something happened to the Sions where they kind of just sit there, giving off light, which is kind of sad. Um, but Gal- this book is so sad. Yeah, yeah, right? It's just like, okay, okay. Um, so Galadin takes him to his hideout where he actually has a library, and then turns out that Galadin can perform magic, which, okay. I don't know about you, but Galadin is important, right? Like to history, I mean. I, I think he's an—he's one of the original Elantrians. I, I don't think he—he says that he's only been here for the past, like you know, six months or whatever. I think he's been here since day one. I think he's one of the original like gods, Elantrians, and he just happened to have survived. Yeah, it's possible. But yeah, so we get the first taste of the magic system of Elantris. Um, it looks like you have to draw with your finger. And it's called, the magic system is called Aeon. I uh, guess we'll start piecing that together, how it works. Aeon, Alamancy. Okay, no, now you're that's, just reaching. That's not it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Serene is in the throne room when Rathen comes in. And she notes that the armor is like really cool looking, but she also says that the armor is ba- mostly just for show. Like it's basically paper and just the way that it looks and it's built. It, it would get cut through like ribbons. No, no worries. Uh, so yeah, Giren is a high priest and apparently there's only 20, the entire Fjordel empire. Is it Fjordel? Yeah, whatever. Um, so he's here to convert Iodon. Uh, who's the king, by the way? I literally wrote in my notes, LOL. Like, <laughs> we all know how this is going to go. And the guy who threw his uh, son into um, Elantris without even looking him in the eye and treats his wife and daughter in law like crap. Yeah, this, this will go. I have well. no idea what you're talking about. He's a great man. Yeah. <laughs> great, great uh, man. So, Iodon, he says that he already believes in Shu Korath. And then. Uh, to which Harathan responds with Darethi is the only true form of Shu Keseg. Um, I'll be honest with you, unless they may, unless they start defining this quickly, I'm going to make mix these up quickly. Uh, so I do apologize for that in advance. But yeah, Iodon basically insults him and throws him out. Um, Harathan seems to have kind of been expecting this. Uh, but we'll get to him in a second. Um, and he does, okay, one thing too, he also does note Serene, right? Like he looks at her and he was kind of like interested, in which he asks Dilaf about later. But Serene and runs into Hunky K, which I thought which was a really weird name. And it turns out it's because when she was younger, <laughs> she would, her, his name was K 
keen. So as a kid, you know, they can't pronounce certain things properly. So it's uncle. So as a kid, she would say unky, like instead of uncle, unky, which was ended up becoming hunky K. I thought it was kind of cute. But I was like, okay, you have all these fantasy, like heavy fantasy names. And then you have hunky K, like what the hell is that? <laughs> and, but so it, it was well done, you know, like his name is Keen. And yeah, so I liked it. I liked it a lot. So yeah, um, it's her uncle. And he's been actually gone for a while. And there's definitely some uh, history there as well. I'm excited to see where that one goes. And so she meets his kids and she meets his wife and kids, I should say, back at their house. And I think um, he has two kids of his own. And then he has like two stepsons. One is Lukel, who's actually older than Serene. And then there's also Aiden, um, who looks like he's mentally disabled. And I, I have a feeling that there's something there as well. Uh, possibly that he knows something or there is something in the past that causes mental disability like i don't know someone just beat the crap out of him when he was a kid or something uh but yeah i think there's something there for sure um they don't and they said they don't have servants because when elantris fell the people who were the servants of the nobility of the of the elantrian gods those same servants first of all went and killed the elantrians and then seize the city basically and then they are now the nobility like talk about how the turns have tabled <laughs> oh, how the turns have tabled <laughs> so I, I also highlighted this part too that keen looks like he was because remember serena is a princess of teod which makes keen not kind of like a prince but he kind of seems to insinuate that he's not he doesn't hold a title anymore so again something that we gotta look out for uh in chapter six Harathan is talking to Delaf, and um he said that he knew that Iodon was a like was gonna be dumb enough to reject the offer and now they can kind of move forward with their plans and but he does ask for a serene here um and Delaf hates <laughs> Dilaf is very racist. Uh, I don't know if, for those of you reading along, if you picked up on that. Maybe. But he is very racist. Very, very racist. Um, But yeah, they said something like, Teod is the homeland of Shu Kora, which he says is the quote-unquote degenerate sect of Shu Keseg. Um, So Shu Keseg is the main religion. And so it looks like it's like Shu Koseg is the main religion, and the Shu Korath, which Teod follows, is like the uh, uh, is the parent religion, I, I guess I should say. And Iodon up there, he said that he already believes in Shu Korath, which I don't think makes sense because I thought that was the religion of Teod. So I might have again, I might have misremembered or I have it mixed up just as much if not more than you do yeah so you apologies for that you know it's a lot hopefully we'll um you've read wheel of time so i uh 
I'm hitting yeah. on you for the names. And... <laughs> oh my god, Wheel of Time names are. Oh boy, are they like as ridiculous as like the? Uh, no, no, no. As far as like sounding the goes, themselves? no. No, no. As far as sound, the name sounds go, they're not at all. They're actually really um, easy. But it, uh, I would take this over Wheel of Time's unbelievable number of names and. You know, Wheel of Time fans might definitely disagree with me, but in my opinion, when you have so many names, it feels like you could have just, uh, I, in my opinion, I feel like you could have really knocked down a bunch of the names and just instead of having each individual character doing something different, just have one, like several of the characters could have been collapsed into one character, you know? Because there's just so many factions, which I like. But each of those factions are just very heavily fleshed out. I feel like I know the name of everyone in the entire army. <laughs> and then I get surprised when I find out, oh, there's actually hundreds or thousands in this army. I'm, I'm like, the reason I'm surprised is not because I'm not surprised that there's hundreds of thousands of people in the army. But it's because I feel like you named all of them to me and I don't actually know hundreds of thousands of names. So, Yeah. Uh, for those of you reading Wheel of Time who are going to or who are going to read Wheel of Time, take my word for it. Do not try and trace all the names. Use an app called Watt Compendium if you want to, but don't bog yourself down with the names. It's just it's not worth it. It's just going to hurt your enjoyment. But we're not talking about Wheel of Time. We're talking about Elantris. So, anyways, he's asking Diloph to take him to the walls of Elantris. Um, <laughs> I, I can just imagine um, Rathen and Delos' face, especially Delos, who's just looking down at Lantris like these despicable heathen, these filth, and God needs to strike them down. I don't even know why I see them in my peripherals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's just so racist, dude. I love this guy's character. He's I'm excited to see where he goes. Um, you like all the passionate people. I do. I really do. It It adds... The uh, it adds to the excitement, right? Because guys like him who are zealots, like very, um, like you said, you know, passionate. They they're the ones that can can move the plot along heavily. So, and sometimes it can be unpredictable, you know. So he inspects the Elantrian guard, and he's not impressed. It feels like you know, Arathen's not just here to spread the religion he's also kind of investigating like okay these are the differences right this is their, the state of their soldiers the state of their military and weaponry and defense you know um how how well manned the walls are and whatnot so he notes that the elantrian guards are just they're not good like they look like they're good but they're really not and i guess i I don't know if that's fair of him to kind of measure the strength of Aralon based off of that, because the Elantrian guards don't need to be, I don't know, like the Avengers, right? You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. the Elantrian guards, they just need to keep out like the Elantrians who have no weapons and they're starving. They don't need to be like this super elite group of, I don't know, the scout regiment. <laughs> that took a second that 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 hesitation when you, you didn't know that i was talking about that um 
about the but, best show movie. And no, no, no. We're not getting into that. No, we're not getting into that. So <laughs> Dilaf does describe, however, um, what happened when the Elantris fell. He said that the Rayo took them. And then I guess the Rayo takes them where they become corrupted. And then Shayod is what changes their skin, I guess. Again, if I'm wrong, please excuse me. I'm, I am a little overwhelmed all of a sudden. Um, but yes, yeah, so it looks like the Rayo takes them, which corrupts them, and the Shayo is like where they get like the the black skin splotches over their face and whatnot. And he says that they um those like a bunch of murder, killing, uh, you know, pillaging, stealing, looting, all that stuff. And then he said that the uh, merchants took power. And uh yeah. Um, Rathen does kind of keep a close eye on Dilaf, though. I, and this is why I really like Rathen's character, that he's he's very cunning. Um, and he's heavily manipulating Dilaf, and he says, he kind of tells him, like, dude, you need to chill. You know, he's blinded by hatred, and then he just asks him, why would Jadeth, tra- Jadeth transform the ordinary people into Lantrans, right? Like you said that, um, that the Elantrians themselves were being punished by God. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. people who were God, who claimed to be gods then, right? Back when Elantris was the highest city. Yeah. Um, he turned them into Elantrians, you know, uh, the current Elantrians where they were like corrupted and whatnot. Okay, fine. If you're saying that they were punished by God, fine. But what about all the regular people? Like, like Rayodin, right? Like he turned into an Elantrian. He never claimed himself to be God. He was never worshipped as God. So why is he, why is he being punished? So Dilaf is like, uh... About that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Rathen has proven himself to be smart at the very least. So I'm... I'm I like this. I like a smart zealot, you know? It adds <laughs> to it because those zealots are just like blinded. It's like, no! I must stand like the white knight and whatnot. No, I, I like this guy. He he's smart. He uses his brain. So I um I'm really excited to see the politicking that he does in the coming chapters. But anyways, he claims that the Elantrians, he, and this is again him and uh, manipulating Dilaf. He claims that um the Elantrians got their power from. Okay, Brandon. Um. Sra- Svrakis, which I guess they said is the souls of the dead men who hated Jadeth. And he's plans on branding Elantrians as them to generate hate because it seems like they already hate him. But I'm not sure the point of this because, okay, let's just say he convinces them, right? So what does that mean? They're going to go in and just massacre all the Elantrians that are in the walls of Elantris now? How does that help him? How does that help the Fjordal Empire? Now, what, you know, if I, that's assuming I'm uh, inferring his plans properly. What he could be saying is that when the military is focused on the people inside the walls, that's when the Fjordal Empire could attack. So, there's that. But, you know, I'm not getting his plan so far. If you do, jump on or because I got nothing. Nope. <laughs> I told you. I'm like, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually still trying to piece together chapter one. 
<laughs> uh, who is Raiden again? <laughs> yeah. So chapter seven, Raiden's practicing Aeon magic. Um, and apparently he's like relatively good at it. Uh, again, I have a feeling that Galadin is, you know, one of the original Elantrians or he's someone important. Because he's from Doolittle. Um, so anyways, sorry, what? Lucidel. Yeah. Yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, and he said that any Elantrian who had knowledge of Aeon can perform it. So it's not like even like it's not like Mistborn where it's just like, oh, only no only it's even rare, even amongst the nobility. No, it's any Aeon or any Elantrian can perform it as long as they have knowledge of Aeon, which we don't really know what that is yet. But he did say that like the power now is much weaker, which you know, par for the course at this point. Uh so Galadin brought red into a study so he can help investigate like what happened and maybe you know if they can get some of their powers back because right now they can like shit like the light shimmers and it just withers away and that's it uh raiden says that he remembers 10 years ago when people were like flying around and stuff so um so raiden and galadin actually see herathen on the wall and they know that there's a new or i guess they think that there's a new elantrian being thrown in which they're right and it's this man, we'll get to his name in a second, but, um, you know, he kind of saves his life. And it turns out that the guy is uh, an artificer. Is that what he calls himself? An artificer? So he can, like, make jewelry and stuff. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so he gets him to make leather shoes. And he says the size has to be just right because the blisters won't heal. So, you know, you got to get this right. Which I'm like, okay, so I guess is this how you're gonna start arming his people? Is you know, first with shoes and then someone who he gets he's gonna get a blacksmith or a weaponsmith. But I mean he's gonna have to find the materials for all this stuff. I'm curious how he's gonna go about doing this, but you know, we'll wait and see. But the guy's name is for those of you who've read Mistborn, it's like a cross between Mare and Marsh. So Marishay. I'm not gonna pronounce yeah, Marishay or Marish 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 Marish. So <laughs> yeah, that pronunciation is gonna be all over the place until my mind I like decide on one. But he does say Marish does look at Raiden and think that he looks kind of familiar, which I'm guessing he knows about Raiden the prince. So yeah. Um that's about it for that one, you know. Um I am. I don't know about you, but are you liking it so far? The first, I mean, prologue to chapter seven. I'm undecided. It's really confusing. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I'm I'm confident I'll remain liking it. Uh, it's definitely got my attention for sure. I love all that politics and religion stuff. Yeah, you know um, how I felt about the politics in book one. Yeah, uh, but one. you like the politics of book two though. Yeah, so I think this will be, I think this will be good because, uh, because the politics in book two was more like war and between nations. The politics in book one was just stupid. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that about does it from us for that episode. Uh, we will be doing next week chapters eight through fourteen. Uh. As always, please uh, join us on our Discord, which will be on every episode show notes. Please follow us on Twitter at pod underscore bookkeeper, on Instagram and TikTok at keepers of the book. 
And yep, until next time. Thank you guys. Thank you.